Ooh. <laughs> Spooky scary. Now you want to explain what's going on here, yeah. That was terrifying. <laughs> this is our fear episode. This is our fear episode. Hey, how many times have we, like, kind of teased this out? A few times. A while, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going we're on. We're finally getting to it. Well, this week we wanted to, like, take a look at the fear-based spirits. And yeah, what's going on here? We wanted to give a defense for why this unique style of gameplay is actually potent and not low-tier, quote-unquote, that maybe the community has called them to be. Because we've kind of noticed in our polls. It does seem to me that a lot of the popular trendy picks are usually the dynamic, boisterous, explosive characters. And hey, that totally makes sense. Sure. Very dramatic. And then you have some subtle character in the background going, Hey, I'm here. Help me. me. And yet, ironically, those are the characters that make you win half the time. Because <laughs> you need fear to win. Yeah. Unless you literally get every invader off yes. the board. Yep. <laughs> Which I mean, they is... saw the title. In defense of fear spirits. Woo! We love the fear. So, who are these spirits? You know, we've talked on Downpour can get into fear, mm-hmm. or Vengeance has fear capabilities, or there's mm-hmm. fear, like even Thunderspeaker we talked about in our Scotland, which yeah. is like raking in the fear, but right. I wouldn't consider them fear spirits. Yeah. Does that make what sense? What is a fear spirit? Especially when we're dealing with a roster that has a lot of characters in it that are multifaceted, yeah. that have both fear and something else, or this and fear, but mm-hmm. does that mean that they are a fear spirit, or are they something else with fear on the side. Lightning has actually some good fear from their cards and destruction. Right. So it's like... And some are just attackers that kill so much that... Fear. You just get fear and that's just like the normal standard fear. What do you think qualifies like a fear spirit? One big factor, honestly, is when the summary of powers, fear is the maximum thing. Okay. That's one of the biggest starting qualifying calibrations to my mind of, okay, let's see who here am I dealing with? Oh, I'm dealing with a fear spirit. Sure, you can become anything in this game. I get that. Good point. But we're talking about the characters whose base platform starts as very pro-fear. And sure, some characters, it's like, eh, I would personally say after playing with them that I think that maybe the summary powers could be tweaked where that's a little higher or sure. that's a little lower. Or with like, an aspect, they kind right, of change the summary right. powers. For me, I would consider Lure's defense rating to be just a little bit higher than it actually conveys. Yeah. But because of the prevention that they have, sure, not actually. Either. But you get the idea. Yeah. But to answer your question, when I think about fear spirits the first peeps i think of are characters who on the summary of powers fear is their number one trait and these we're gonna look at six of them today Mm -hmm. and like you said actually all of these i think fear is their top Mm. Except for one. Except for we'll one. About that. So, <laughs> and that's more of a me thing. But, <laughs> but you asked me the question. That's how I answered. Yeah. Other people might not answer the question the same way. I agree with your answer. So we're off the bat. Bringer. We're going to talk about Bringer. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We can't dance around that. And then of course shadows. These are like the two base right. game fear right. spirits. Right. I mean, it's in the name. Smoke. Yeah. Dark. Creepy. It means Flickery. bringer of dreams and nightmares, not dreams and minor power spam. Like, <laughs> 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 nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Branch and Claw, we got Sharp Fangs. Which sharp Fangs, yep. A I lot consider... of people consider Sharp Fangs to be multifaceted You've spirit, said that too. Which is a correct assessment. I agree with that. But what still is their number one thing? It's fear. It's fear. Mm-hmm. And then we got Jagged Earth, which brought in many minds. Oh, yeah. We've raved on that. And oh, they've yeah. appeared yep. on All-Star lists. Yep. And Laura loves them. Yep. And then your baby. Shroud of Silent Mist, very much a fear spirit as far as the theme, much like Bringer and Shadows, like we described. 
described, like you look at them, you're like, oh, that's a fear spirit. Like if you looked at many minds, just the artwork, you're like, okay, yeah. cool. I wouldn't have thought fear spirit immediately upon looking at that picture. Of course, when you think about it, you know, yeah, being swarmed with bugs and whatnot or snakes. Birds or, pecking at you or something. Yeah, frogs, insects, yeah. kind of the plagues. Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense that they'd be scary. <laughs> but like you look at Shroud and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a fear spirit right there. <laughs> Still some of the best artwork in the game. Oh, easily, easily. Emily Hancock, killing it. And then... And then your asterisk, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is my asterisk, but I'll let you have this. Ocean's Hungry Grass got second place in our fear votes oh, during yeah. the All-Stars. Yep, Ocean can generate a ton of fear. For me, in my mind, they are an attacker. Yeah. They are a scary attacker. Very scary. Meaning that they do fear as the second thing that they do, but primarily, I view them as more of an attacker than a fear spirit. I'm not ignoring the fear. No. I'm just saying the fear doesn't circumvent the damage they can deal. Well, so they're more famous for the damage yes than they are for the fear but then but at the end of the game you're like whoa ocean got us a ton oh yeah. of fear oh yeah they can generate a ton of fear but in the same way pandemonium can get you a ton of fear so <laughs> that like, all being said we probably won't spend as much time on ocean just because yeah. the community yep. knows they're pretty hey, good that's just my opinion yeah so i personally view ocean as an attacker yeah not a fear spirit i want to get a diagram like a venn diagram or some Ooh. sort of pie chart where here's a circle and in this circle are all fear spirits in this circle here are all controllers Yes. But then where, so cool. where the fear and the control circle overlap, bringers in there. Yeah, that. like left center of yeah. something or more yeah. towards yeah, <laughs> Starlight's defense. just in the smack dab <laughs> middle. Say like whatever you want it to be. <laughs> okay, so we've been doing our adversary series, correct? Mm -hmm. And we have our top five, bottom five. And that's been really fun. Mm -hmm. And go back and listen to our Scotland. That was contested. It was. It was crowded. And we've done how many? Six out of seven. Six out of seven. We've done Russia, Habsburg, Brandenburg, Prussia, Sweden, France in Scotland. Yep. And England comes out next week. Oh, it's going to be great. And then England. But of these polls that we have gathered so far, the fear spirits have been not doing so hot. No, they haven't. They've been doing pretty bad. Some of the worst. <laughs> right, right. I mean, how many times have we seen Nightmare and Shadow? Four. We've seen even them. Mist. Mist. And Many Minds. Many Minds. Even Ocean. Even Ocean. has appeared yeah. on the worst. Seriously. I Sharp Fangs a few times. Sharp Fangs has been on there. I looked mm -hmm. at all of them. This fear category has appeared the most on the bottom five than any yeah. other control category, Seriously. offensive category. Yep. These spirits have always made an appearance. Mm -hmm. This is like, why yeah. does the community think this way? Yep. So the spirits that we will be examining today are Bringer, Shadows, Sharp Fangs, Many Minds, Mist, and Ocean. And this is what the episodes can get into. Like, why is this? Why aren't they more well-regarded, highly toted, more voted on, even tier list? You see Sharp Fangs, you see Mist, you see Many mm -hmm. Minds not appearing on higher people's lists or charts. Right. And when we're talking about our polls... I mean, you were talking about how often we've seen them. It wasn't just a few times. Bringer showed up on four oh. times. They were on the bottom five. Yikes. Missed four of them. Shadows, four of them. Fangs, two, as well as Ocean. And Many Minds has been there as well. Wow. One time. But like... So they've wow. all made an appearance. They've all, all made All the spirits we're talking Every about. Every single one of them. People yeah. consider some of the worst spirits. Mm -hmm. But why, though? Hmm. Why are they on the bottom of all of these places? Why all does of these the community polls? think this? Yeah. Yeah. I think what we want to do is speak on why fear is difficult to understand or it's a different concept or maybe even a play style. It's hard when invaders' buildings' plastic isn't leaving the board. Mm -hmm. So we want to help you become a better player of Spirit Island by mm -hmm. leaning into fear. Yep. 
I'll say yep. that. It's viable and it's encourageable and it's something that you shouldn't ignore. You don't just have to blow things up to win mm-hmm. or you don't have to just do control or just defend every land. There's other ways and fear can be scary. But I think it is a totally viable way to play. And totally. so do you. So let's get going. Let's jump in. So who are we? <laughs> well, I was born in... <laughs> ever seen Reading Rainbow? But don't take my word for it. LeVar Burton. Oh, he's a good man. So we just wanted to give our thoughts on why fear spirits are definitely spirits that shouldn't be ignored and definitely are spirits that should be chosen on team builds mm-hmm. and are very much worth playing. And so we've been around the block. We've played as each of these spirits and we have a lot of experience with them. A lot of people out there don't really tend to bother with them. Right. So we're just going to simply give you our thoughts. Like I said, we've played as each of these spirits many times, yes. multiple times. It's just our opinions. It's just our thoughts. Many but- multiple times. Some of these spirits are your quote unquote main. Oh, yeah. That you've played more than any other spirit. Like, right. you just know the spirit like the back of your hand. But to understand the context, when you are a player that uses these spirits all the time, and you see these spirits getting ignored or being insulted for being lame, it's Underappreciated, like, well, hold on, yeah, yeah. let me at least show you how they can work with my experience. Because I see some of the things people saying, and I just don't agree with what you're saying, because I think there's more to it than just what some of these people are saying. So we're just going to give our perspective on what we think. We've already ran into this with you and Sharp Fangs, oh, where yeah. people... People are saying Sharfings is weak, can't destroy yep. buildings, can't deal with blighted lands. And you just said, I think you're not using this power or you're yep. not being as aggressive. Like yep. we've already kind of tackled this. So yep. we just want to shine more light yep. on these other spirits. But at its core, it's just our opinions and preferences. So by no means is this law. Do not take it as such. It's just no. my certain perspective on certain spirits and whatnot for some of the accusations that have been slung against them. But like you've said, each of us have played every single spirit multiple times, multiple many times, times. many times. For me personally, Mist and Fangs are the spirits that I've done a ton of. In your case, Shadows, especially with them with their new aspects of like oh, Kamon, yeah, Jagged So much Shadows. Mm-hmm. Laura. Laura with many minds or Ocean, that's more her forte as opposed to ours. But we've been in many games with them and have seen them played expertly well. You know, I don't think we really have a Bowden player in our group, do we? I mean, someone that like always, always plays, plays them, Like every game or something. No. I have a few friends that really dig I've them, seen you but... have some good games with Bringer. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah my and brother really likes your, Bri- your brother yeah. likes yours and... too actually. Yeah. And I have been trying to play Bringer more. I don't know. I think yeah. it's definitely not our favorite and that's fine. Yeah. But they're extremely viable mm-hmm. and a strong spirit. But not only are we going to give you our opinions but we reached out to three specific Spirit Island players within the community. Namely Azure, Speedy, and Ray. These individuals are all very well known on the various websites, Discord, Board Game Geek, Reddit. You've probably honestly seen them there. Or have gotten advice from them, honestly. Seriously. But these three individuals are what we often refer to as the fear mains within the community. They probably have, honestly, the most total time or games played on these fear spirits. Honestly, out of everyone. And they would admit, they've just played Mm -hmm. these spirits so much and know them like the back Mm -hmm. of their hand. We approached them and all three of them very graciously gave us their time and opinions and thoughts for this episode and so before we even start I want to offer a heartfelt thank you full of gratitude and appreciation for Azure, Speedy, and Ray. Thank you yeah. for making this episode possible. This is going to be awesome. Throughout the episode we are going to have quotes because they gave us some really good chunks mm-hmm. like honestly Ray gave us a word doc mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. we loved it. We loved yep. it. It's incredible. Basically we went to the fear council. Yeah. And <laughs> Teach me master. <laughs> it's like our master class or something. <laughs> it basically felt like that and they broke it down 
down. Yep. And so they gave so many of their thoughts, their tips, and their strategies on how to better utilize fear and fear-based spirits. And they totally did not have to do that, but they took off their time and they gave us a ton. So we're incredibly thankful for each of you. Thank you. Yeah. Let's go ahead. So throughout this episode, you're going to hear, yeah, these quotes. Right into it. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So why aren't they more well-regarded, Ryan? So, as we've mentioned in the past, fear doesn't appear as sensational as some of the other aspects of the game. It may not feel as fulfilling or satisfying Mm -hmm. as halting a high-damage attack from the invaders, stopping them in their tracks. Or maybe calling forth a tidal wave to crash into a shoreline populated with bad guys, wiping them off the map. Yeah. Yet, fear and the acquisition of it can be the saving grace of a game that clinches the victory even if it's just quietly working in the background. And the necessity of it increases as the difficulty does. Simply put, you need fear to win the game. Preach! If you don't have lots of it, you'll need more time, and you won't always have that, to complete your objectives, or you'll need more bad guys to kill, which you also won't always have, or you'll just simply lose. Fear will make the terror level victories easier to obtain and faster, or it can win you the game outright. Sure, it's true that any spirit can generate fear, but if the team doesn't have a dedicated fear spirit, then your margin for victory will be noticeably tighter, and you'll have to rely a lot more on offense. I've noticed this when I first started playing as a river player, Yeah, where you literally generate no fear for most of the game unless you do your big massive flooding. Right, and you still get a lot. You're like, ha-ha, that was awesome. How many fear cards do we have? Uh, Let's see, for the next terror level, we got like four. Oh. Oh. Because, <laughs> yeah, six towns. Nice. Nice. That's six fear. That's like a card and a half. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. You're going to have to do that a while. A while. And again. And again. <laughs> and again. So it's tough without mm-hmm. a fear spirit. Fear is sometimes viewed as the long-term strategy, mm-hmm. but it yields much more than just long-term rewards. The fear cards you receive for generating enough fear throughout the game can be incredibly helpful to you. Generally speaking, I like to think of them as always good event cards, (laughs) i.e. unknown beneficial happenstances given to the team that help you in your struggle against the invaders. Usually you won't know what a fear card will do for you, but they can sometimes be the difference between a blighted land or a clear one, a Dahan village saved or destroyed. A victory or defeat. We've won on fear cards before. Seriously. Now, terror victories are wins that are acquired by destroying a certain amount of specific invaders. To put that sentence in a different way, terror victories are wins that are acquired by the incision of offense, the coordination of control, and the safeguard of defense. Yet, it is because of fear, ironically, that this is even possible. Without fear, you will need to do those former three things in copious amounts to win. It's an interesting balancing act, because the more fear you have, the less critical offense, defense, and control will be. Mm -hmm. Yet, at the same time, having more fear and less offense, control, and defense means that you are more open and vulnerable to physical attacks from the invaders. Definitely a balancing act. Yeah. It's hard to lean into one thing, but if you have no fear, then you're kind of just stuck Mm -hmm. in an endless cycle of shoving people around defending, but nothing is changing Mm -hmm. game state. Right. And it's funny, we're talking about offense, control, defense, fear. What about you two? Well, utility just helps. It just, yeah. <laughs> the invaders threaten the players on two fronts. One threat is tangible and the other threat is intangible. They threaten you with physical attacks, but also with time. If either of these threats aren't handled sufficiently, you will lose. Mm-hmm. This is why it is good to address both as best you can. Offense, control, and defense address the first threat very well, while fear addresses the second. 
Fear spirits sometimes appear to be less involved with helping the team on the board. In regards to offense, control, and defense, fear spirits may not look as good as other spirits. Because of this, at first glance, they may appear to be as subpar choices for team building. Mm. Yet they are just as critical, in my personal opinion, as any other kind of spirit. I like to look at it this way. Fear spirits may not be as good at certain things as other spirits, and as a result, the physical threat of the invaders will be harder to handle from turn to turn. However, since you do have a fear spirit on your team, at least you won't have to fight this harder threat as long. Would you rather run 10 miles on flat ground or run 2 miles uphill? Ooh, I hate going uphill. The latter will seem very difficult in comparison to the former when you first start running. Okay. But by the end of the first mile, you'll see that the difficulty of running uphill for one more mile is much better overall than needing to run nine more (laughs) miles, even if it's on flat ground. That's a great analogy. You think like, oh, uphill, that sucks. I hate when the treadmill's on. In your first 500 yards, you're like, this was a mistake. This is terrible. But once you're on turn six and seven, and you're like, okay, how close are we to winning? Uh, well, we got just two more fear cards two oh. for a fear victory, oh. and we got three cities away from the tier three. Oh. Versus, I have all attackers and defenders. Okay, we are just pounding the bad guys into submission. We haven't been blighting. Right, we're, we're doing great. good. And, heck, that's only when things are going really well. Sometimes you may have a team of offensive and defensive characters that's still going bad. That's true. <laughs> it's happened to me. Yeah. Anyway, to close the metaphor, and you're like, all right, we got this. And, okay, how close are we to the next terror level? Well, we're on terror two, and we just got there. Oh, and what? there's two more invader cards what? left. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the threat of time now is killing you more than anything else. I think that's why they're so underappreciated because you almost don't feel them doing the job because the game's going well. You have fear cards. You're like, oh, that's great. But Bringer's like, yeah, I'm the one who's earning half of those fear cards, basically. Another thing, you don't really see the threat of that hourglass until it's almost out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, maybe we should have had someone. Oh, this is Brandenburg. And you're like, turn three, four is your mid game. Uh Uh-oh. Brandenburg (laughs) is just the speed trial, basically. You have eight turns to win or lose. Speedy weighed in on this, saying, Mm -hmm. People are fighting versus the board and want to see it clear, whereas Mm -hmm. fear spirits are fighting the fear deck to win. Mm. People find it less satisfying because all the invaders are still on the board. That's totally fair to the eyes of a new player, though, because bad guys on the board... I want them gone. Mm-hmm. That's it. But as you get into the game and you learn more about all the subsystems that are currently running with the game, you will quickly learn as a fear spirit player or a control spirit player mm-hmm. that you can still very much win with a very populated board. <laughs> a win's a win. Mm-hmm. And we've said that too, of just like, we're not the biggest scorekeeper or how much yeah, is... Yeah. If we get a win, if we skate it by, by the like edge of our teeth or yep. whatever the saying is... Yep. When it comes to spirit island classes, I'm enrolled in pass-fail courses. <laughs> if we win. <laughs> you know, just, I either won or I didn't. I don't really care <laughs> about pass score or fail. Or hey, and some people love getting the score. Totally fine. No, I yeah, just, yeah. what matters to me is if I won or lost. I think destruction spirits are just better able to, like, show off their, like, flex. Yeah. Like, Thunderspeaker yeah. blowing up. Oh, sure. Yep. And Miss is kind of like, I'm keeping things at low health and we're just like, cool. 
Hey. <laughs> show me guess? Cool and dark. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's our second dead joke. I know. <laughs> Gotta keep them coming. They continue saying, fear is undervalued because its effect on a game is a little less concrete, and this is especially true in a mm. larger game. This belief can be a misunderstanding into how crucial fear is and how pivotal fear cards can be in winning games. Seriously. And it's one of those things where, like I said before, a lot of the times you may not have realized the work you should have been doing until it's far too late. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. It kind of comes up in you quick, this game, where you're building your spirit, you're plugging holes where you can, you're stopping blight or maneuvering here. And then all of a sudden, like you said, there's two cards left mm-hmm. in the Invader deck. Azure comes in and says, fear is basically victory points, and you can end the game faster with them. I like that concept. Yeah. The VP. There are three branches off of that strategy where you can either use fear as a way to tempo out faster wins by bringing the adversary to a point where you can finish them off quickly and early on terror level two or three. Notable fear spirits that are good at doing that would be sharp fangs or shadows. That's a very good point because both these spirits, obviously, as we said, are very fear focused, but they can do damage. Mm -hmm. So they can get fear to get through those terror thresholds quicker, but also invaders are leaving the board because shadows can eventually destroy or break down with Mm -hmm. crops wither and fangs, as we've seen, can just decimate a section of the island. So that's the first one. The second one, you can use fear as your ultimate win condition, Mm. probably ending on terror three or a fear victory. Spirits that are good for doing this would be bringer, mist, or mines. Go for fear is Mm. what they're saying. Yep. And then lastly, you can just use fear cards as a tool to reach lands that you might not otherwise be able. This is pretty much exclusively ocean. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a good point. Usually with a fear card, pick an inland land. Mm -hmm. Pick a land with Tudahan and a town. And for ocean, maybe you couldn't reach that Mm -hmm. number eight land that's Mm -hmm. on the tip corner away from you. But the fear card lets you. Mm -hmm. There is such a subtle thing, a seemingly small thing that is so dramatically helpful to a Spirit Island player's game gameplay, in my personal opinion, that is so important for understanding how to get better at the game, understanding how to see success where it is possible here, as opposed to maybe a legitimate losing game. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so simple. It's one of those things where it's like, how can something so simple and succinct be so foreign? Why didn't I think of that? Mm. But this goes to all the listeners out there. Get to know the fear cards better. No, seriously, go read what they do. Oh, like... (laughs) Pause I'm not it. kidding. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Go on the Spear Island car catalog. You Seriously, can see all of them. Get to know the fear deck. Azure says, for fear cards, I see players often not giving them opportunities to help. Players take the safest way they can. So usually that's a build prevention. But it's a matter of just learning the fear deck and playing the odds. Sometimes you have to leave a ravage to fear. Favor dealing with lands without Dahan and tokens for the highest chances that they help you. In low difficulty games, fear cards often seem underwhelming because they weren't really needed to begin with. There just weren't enough threats for them to matter. But in higher difficulty games, fear trust falls are often all that you have. Seriously. Being able to identify a land that you could leave alone because you can do the leap of fear faith. Yeah. And maybe a fear card will clutch it. Guys, I can't do anything here. Oh, we have three fear cards on deck. Let's leave On it. the higher difficulties, sometimes you will prioritize which lands you can cover. And you can only cover two, which is a problem 
bomb because there's six coming at you. Yeah. So which ones are you leaving for the events in Fear to cover? I remember this most when we had every land building and every land attacking in a Russia mm-hmm. game with those bombs that they set up yes. throughout the deck. And all of a sudden, all our coastal lands and all the sands and mountains real. were ravaging. And we just had to rush Fear and be like, okay, one of these has to save us. Seriously. At times a lot of the time they do. They do. And even if we're playing with a spirit that can't look at the next Fear card, mm. it's still so good to calibrate that kind of play style into your gameplay because it is so true. The higher the difficulty, the more critically important fear cards can get. Because you can't be everywhere at once. I've had a fear card go and take out 23 explorers. Wow. And yet that same card on a low difficulty standard game took out like Three. So you're not noticing how <laughs> valuable it can be. Those can be. Until you get to mid to high crazy level crazy high difficulties. Yeah. Let's go through some examples or what can people know about so fear So what cards? do fear cards actually do? Exactly. I kind of like looked through the fear decks and it's basically just a summarization, an overall umbrella of here are some things that they do. A lot of them, not building in lands with Dahan. So yeah. keep around your Dahan. Yes. That's another reason why I'm so pro Dahan friendly in my yeah. gameplay styles. Fear cards so utilize them. Many events or fear cards make use of them. Defending the land based on how much presence is there. This one mm-hmm. can get scary, but if you have a sacred site, they can be like defend three per sacred site in yep. the land. Damage based on where the Dahan are. Yes. Again, save your Dahan. Defending mm-hmm. based on how many yep. Dahan are there. Yep. You can remove invaders from lands. This is usually just like an explorer yep. or yep. a town. This one is usually always really nice. This is always, like they said, prevent mm-hmm. builds or ravages. I prefer it's a destroy, but it's still nice when you remove it. Like that still gets it off the board. Gets it off the board. Removing invaders with presence. There's mm-hmm. defending the coastal lands. Yep. That one's a big one. You can push explorers or towns. Yeah, manipulations. There's adding a tokens especially strife seems mm. like a big one you can strife yeah. buildings strife invaders there's one where you can defend all lands yep removing or destroying invaders based on what tokens are there so mm-hmm. the disease or wilds and some of them are just skipping invader actions like Seriously, just pause real. it they don't yeah. build this turn and right. that's nice and it seems so weird that you are actually counting on a complete hail mary random thing <laughs> But sometimes that is A, all that will save you. Yeah. And B, that's the thing that you have to do. Yeah. Because you are so spread thin due to a adversary this or an event that. Blighted card or something. Right. And you have no choice. When I did my Shifting Memory solo game, it was one of these instances. I was like, I have three lands coming in. I can stop two of them. What are you going to do? But I had four fear cards. Nice. All right, let's see what happens. Yeah. And they clutched it. It was great. In our Russia game. Yes. We we could have won if the fear cards were just a little bit nicer. They didn't clutch it. That was like the first time they didn't. And sometimes that'll and happen. sometimes that'll happen. It's true. But that's precisely what we're talking about. We're talking about taking this random aspect of the game and knowing it better so you can kind of play the odds or yeah. the probability of what might mm-hmm. appear. And like we said, if you have Bringer or you have Memory on your team... It makes it all the easier. You can actually view what's coming up in the fear card, which is very nice, by the way, to be able to make a plan off of the fear card that's coming in because yeah. you can actually see it. It's why Trickster is so good for France because like, oh, we know this event's coming up. For Slave real. Rebellion. Let's strife and move these to Han for real. and we can better utilize it. Mm-hmm. If you know ahead, it's insane. It breaks the game. Yep. So knowing what's in there in the fear deck is quite helpful. And I would highly recommend, if you've never done it, at least once, look them. go through them and look at what's in there to see what's even possible. Exactly. Perfectly said. What is possible to happen right. from a fear deck? Obviously, it might not happen. But if you know what's possible, that will maybe affect your gameplay here or there. 
So notable examples and some of our personal yeah, favorites, go the favorites would be Angry Mobs, Scapegoats, Demoralized, mm. Beset by Many Troubles, Dahan on Their Guard, Dahan Reclaim Fishing Grounds. These are cards I've won as games. Seriously, I'm not going to tell you what they all do. I want you to go and look these up because there are many others that you might find. That's just personal favorites of mine. Mm-hmm. But Angry Mobs, Scapegoats, Demoralized, Beset by Many Troubles, Dahan on Their Guard, Dahan Reclaim Fishing Grounds. Yes, I named them twice so that you can get that into your head because when you see that card, oh, I got beset by many troubles. This is a good one. Yes, you can remember it. And it's quite helpful because you can even start to set the board for these various things. Exactly. And another thing is that once you read it, you don't have to read them as long. Say, oh, I know this card. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> and if you've noticed that these cards haven't come up yet and you're starting to get terror right. level three cards, you're like, ooh, maybe I'll get one of these good mm-hmm. ones because I know they haven't gone through yet. Mm hmm. Very similar to this, you can also benefit from knowing the event deck as well. Ray comes in to say that to get very good with fear style spirits, it's imperative to know the events. Oh. Watch the fear counter and see how many fear cards that you have each round. Understand the fear effects at each terror level and make calculations of all the above. While this is extremely beneficial and more heavily weighted towards fear spirits, it will also simply make you an overall better player on all the spirits. So Ray really broke down the event deck and got into the nerdy stats, which we love. So I love it. Let's get into it. The more you play the game, the more you'll get to understand the event deck. How many types of events exist for each kind, what to prepare for, what to be careful of, where to position certain things, which at first might seem random or foreign at first, which key events screw you over every game and how to avoid them. Farmers, just throw them away. (laughs) (laughs) Missionaries. (laughs) I'll pay. I'll pay to take it all the time. This is a cornerstone foundation to playing what are considered some of the weakest spirits early, Mm. but utilizing their strengths in every way that you can. Let's talk about events. Let's do it. I think a good amount of players play Spirit Island without considering the percentage that events take care of your land. And that's totally fair. But if you're looking to improve at Spirit Island, this is a big one for fear and more importantly, beast manipulating spirits. Yeah. Overall, it's about a 63 to 69% chance a Dahan or Beast card comes up to affect the board. And that's huge odds. Yeah. Way more than half. If you take me to Vegas, I'll play those odds. Seriously. 69, almost 70%. Mm Mm-hmm. This could be generating that extra one to three fear that you need for that fear card or just outright taking care of things on its own. Mm. But this is the reason to position well and to pay attention to that fear counter. Some of my own personal events that I would want you to watch out for, or at least to have in mind when you're playing your games, Mm. would be cultural assimilation, reckless offensive, or events that cause disease in lands, because those can be annoying, because disease in lands with Dahan can wreak havoc very quickly. That's true. Get them out of there. With the event deck, disease will act more realistically, and unfortunately that means it could kill lots of Dahan. However, it's also a good idea to stay in lands with your presence that have Dahan in them for about maybe two, three, four Dahan. The reason why is because so many event cards will give you, the spirit player, bonuses based on how many presents you have that are currently coexisting with Dahan. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, some of them are, oh, if you have four Dahan amidst your lands, you can get a minor power. Others might be, oh, if you have two in your land, you can get an energy this turn. Yeah. Or if you have three, you can get some other nice effect. So this bit, I've been trying to do more, and it was something that I've been trying to get better as a player. Just be like, okay, here's a land with three 
three to Han, I'll grow there. Mm-hmm. Maybe something will come Seriously, up that yeah. helps me. Mm-hmm. Even fear cards can defend based on how many Dahan. Mm-hmm. Dahan are utilized in this game, and I want to make sure I'm there with them, mm-hmm. and I keep them around. Thankfully, this is one thing that I'm very grateful for. What we're describing playing in this way will become so second nature to you that once you start doing it, it's not hard to remember. It's like when you unlock something, you see it forever now. Right. When you buy a car, you always see that car now. So (laughs) thankfully, if this sounds hard, don't worry. Because you'll just simply be playing and you'll be like, okay, I'll move over here. And uh, let's see, where do I want to move that guy? I'll just go over there just for lucky for your thing, maybe. Eh, That didn't come up. Eh, Whatever. Okay, next turn. I'll go over here. Maybe we'll get lucky with the vent. Oh, I did. Sweet. Yeah, sometimes it just clicks. It's like finding a quarter on the ground on the sidewalk when you're walking down the street or something like hey it's helpful yeah Speedy comes in and says, For fear spirits, I found it better to lean more on the fear and event decks to mm-hmm. stop the blight. You know, anytime you are saying, Well, I already defended here, don't need another defend too, during an event, these spirits use those effects. Seriously, when that happens, when you defend a land, but then the card gave you a defense, you're like, Man, I didn't need to do that defense. It was no, wasted. What a wasted card. What a wasted action. These are the spirits that benefit from those event cards. These fear spirits, exactly. And make the fear deck work for you. You mm-hmm. need to get to Terra 2 ASAP. Yes. Terra level yes. 2 ASAP. That is where some of the impactful cards are. Level 1 might help stop a build, but it's kind of hard to rely on. Mm-hmm. Knowledge of the fear cards help. The one problem I have is that too many Terra level 3 cards win you the game before you win through fear victory, and that's always my goal. <laughs> Speedy is such a fear main. Needs to have a fear victory, or it's almost like, didn't count. I know, that's great. You still win, but they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Simply put, learning fear and event cards are crucial in getting better at playing fear spirits. Yeah, I think it's just, like we said, just go read them, better understand what is potentially going to happen, Mm -hmm. so then you don't have to make it as much of a guessing game. So what does this kind of gameplay style look like? What does it actually, in action, appear like? Some examples, maybe it's the end of the game and you have three Terra level three cards on deck, but you can't destroy all of your cities? Okay, try and get tokens out there or move around to Han or maybe presence into certain lands with invaders. Okay. Yes, this game is random, but try and remove as much randomness as you can. Because like we were saying, maybe those tokens, you can remove a token and then you get damage for it. You remove an invader for it or damage based on presence or to Han. Right. If you better set up your board, the fear cards can really help. Right. And the Fear of that randomness is brought on by ignorance. You simply don't know what kind of fear cards are in the game. That's a good line. If you educate yourself on what are in the fear decks, you actually kind of know what could happen. So so I don't have a destroy cities card. I don't have a Talons of Lightning or Pillar of Living Flame. Right. I can't do big damage, but right. the fear cards could do that for me. Yeah, seriously. Maybe the board state looks overwhelming. Mm. There's white plastic everywhere. <sighs> More cities than you've ever had before when playing the game. But then in a blink, you have two fear cards on deck. Nice. Wait, actually make that four fear cards. And they all just became terror level three because you just changed the terror level. Ugh. Then Dahan are doing damage to invaders. Beasts are removing cities. Strife is lowering health. And all lands are being defended. What? Immediately. Just bam, bam, And that's bam, 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 bam. happened before. That's where happened. We triggered yes. that terror level three. We're like, oh my gosh. All yeah. these cards right. just got upgraded. Right. And it's like these are event cards that can't go bad. <laughs> like sure, they might miss. But like they're always going to help you. They're always going to help you. And when you do trigger that threshold, I think that's kind of good to set up too. Like try and make 
immediately make a burst of fear when you are close to that threshold trigger. Right. right. If you're like about to go from one to two or two to three, mm-hmm. maybe like let's pay our big fear generating cards so we can get as much fear as we can. Right. I love that feeling of we had two on deck. Yep. But then we got another one, but that changed a terror level. Then those first two are now resolved All at them the are new upgraded. terror level. And yes. The, especially terror level three cards are yeah. insane. Yeah. Terror level one fear cards are the worst. You're just picking off oh my maybe goodness. an explorer. They're not or- meant to be game changing because the invaders aren't really afraid of you yet. Good so point. the effect of these things aren't going to be as heavy. But oh my goodness, yes, get to terror two as fast as you can because the fear cards mm-hmm. will start to get good. And that's where I feel as if it is much easier to get a terror victory at level two than one because terror level one, you have to literally kill everything. We literally kill everything. We play this game hundreds upon hundreds. Of it happened once for us. I've done it once. <laughs> We've yep. done it once. And it was great. <laughs> yeah. Good memory. Yeah. Might earth. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still extremely difficult. It's hard. And usually, like I said in the past, terror level one victories are attained by favorable chance and impeccable luck. Talk or, about luck. Oh, yeah. And or extreme proficiency from the player. Yeah. There are some times where we have attained what would have been a terror level one victory, but it happened to be on terror two or three. Right. But of course, we were late game spirits. And that's another part that's so hard about terror one victories is that's your early game. You have to win in the early game. Is it possible? Yeah. It's, it's totally just not possible. nearly as easy as terror two victories and beyond. So whether that be terror two, three, or fear victories, mm-hmm. getting to terror two is incredibly essential because it's so much easier to just kill the buildings and let the oh, yeah. explorers run around and you don't have to worry about them free win condition. And then terror two fear cards become much better. And then of course, terror three are oh, the best. So basically a fear game. Talking <laughs> about fear games. Talking <laughs> about fear games. It's a dead sprint between you and the invaders. Before the blight runs out, before the last invader card flip, before there mm-hmm. are seven buildings in land. <coughs> England, England, England. <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> next week. You are trying to rip through that deck until there are no cards left to pull. And then suddenly your teammate points out, wait, there's no cities on the board. <laughs> wait, what? How did this happen? A turn ago, you felt like you were going to run out of cities to put right. on the islands. A fear victory can be one of the most comedic and jarringly interesting changes to the gameplay. Yeah. It is so strange because the moment you commit yourself mentally to a fear victory, which is just getting through the fear deck that's it that's it you no longer care about killing people it's so strange because you do not care about the board game state at all you completely detach yourself from the cares of everything. You do feel so detached. Ah, that's a blight coming in. How much blight do we have left? Ten? We're five. Let it cascade. This entire game, for the last 45 minutes, I have just been killing myself to prevent any blight. Only one got through. So for 45 minutes, only one blight got through. In the last 10 minutes, I let seven happen. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Let it burn. Yeah! <laughs> in our Scotland game, we had to knuckle up, buckle down, and we just went for a fear victory. Like, right. We just gotta go for it. But it's kind of like Seabiscuit where you can't start the game at the dead sprint because the invaders oh, will catch you. Yeah. They will race you with blight on the field. You will race them with getting through fear cards. That's, so which is faster? Yeah. Are you gonna get through the fear deck before they can get through the blight pool? That's a great point because when I'm in a dead sprint early on, I feel like I get into a reclaim loop, especially with lightning. Like, mm-hmm. I need to do this. I need to do it again. Mm-hmm. I need to do it again. And I just keep like, and you I'm can't. not growing. Right. I'm not getting 
getting stronger. There's a cost to that final sprint. So just like Seabiscuit, you want to stay neck and neck yep. until the point where when you do go on your final sprint, it's just enough that where le- you get ahead. That last turn, just right. turn on the jets. While not gassing yourself too early and tripping and falling on your face and dying. Because yeah. so- <laughs> it's happened. I've worked yeah. myself into a panic. So that's like the dead sprint analogy. That's why you don't start the race at a dead sprint. You have to keep pace with them yep. as best as you can. Sure, they may be ahead of you, but don't just completely give up <laughs> on the board state at the start. You want to make sure you can secure the victory with the dead sprint, not start the game at the dead sprint. We've pulled in some quotes from very well-experienced yeah. players, but we have another quote. That's right. Not only did we go to those peeps, we actually got in touch with Ted Vesinus, lead developer of Spirit Island, to see what he had to say on it. The Ted Vesinus. That's right. He said, fear mechanically scales super linearly. That is, each point of fear is more valuable the more total fear you've generated. So 15 fear is more than five times better than three fear. I mean, think about that. Yeah, more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, and each fear gets stronger the more you obtain Mm -hmm. it. Fear also has the effect that it's the most direct route to a victory condition. So if you let players focus too much on fear, it can circumvent their engagement with the rest of the game. It's really important that players still interact with the board even while they generate fear. This is why Mist requires you to manage damage buildings for fear, for example. Mm-hmm. And Bowden gives you fear for nightmare damage. I don't really worry about the size of a game impacting the strength of a spirit whose kit contains a lot of fear, though. The trade-off in a four-player game is that while maybe just Bringer is the one going for maximum fear, it's a lot easier for the other three players to slightly lean into a few more fear card strategies. Hmm. Contrast this to a two-player game where you might really want River to help Bringer max out the fear, but River's kit just really isn't cut out for that kind of thing. Four-player games have less depth of fear support from other spirits, but they have more breadth, so I feel as if it evens out. What's interesting is we've played both two-player games. Obviously, we play a lot together. We've had bigger games of up to five players mm-hmm. that we've played. So we've experienced this where sometimes if you don't have a fear spirit on your team, you feel it. Seriously. I know it's not necessary, but like we are stuck in terror one. Mm-hmm. And I really like about this quote is the fear stacking and how it just becomes yes. more valuable yes. the more you get it. Mm-hmm. That's why we can't ignore fear spirits. Mm-mm. And I don't think they're as blunt or as easy to play as what river or keeper or right. even an earth. Right. But that's kind of the fun part. Their strengths is almost hidden. It's a scary way to play Spirit Island, and we get that. But like Azure said, sometimes you just have to do a fear trust fall. Seriously. Speaking of Azure, I'd like to comment on this thing. It's often unappreciated how fear spirits can, even in larger games, open windows for the game to end a turn or two earlier, Mm. which can close games before invaders reach their pinnacle in stage three. It's just less flashy and easier to miss than a major power dealing that final blow or a consuming void closing a game that could have been over two turns ago. We've played consuming void. It's spectacular. It's like black hole. It's so cool. Yeah. But what about miss that got us to tear level two so we could win before they got better? That's less flashy. It's less flashy, but it's honest work. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, cool, you generated three or four fear during time passes. But that stacks. Reminds me of Rogue One. Farming? Really? Man, have you talents? (laughs) 
It's a simple life. <laughs> it is. But it's a consistent one. It is. And it gets results. Maybe you don't have massive flooding like river and do two damage to every mm-hmm. invader. But maybe you didn't need to do that because right. the game just ended that quicker. They continue saying, I guess it's just a matter of appreciating the process. Mm. Where fear gives opportunities to end games faster than if you simply play whack-a-mole. But because the fear deck is the clock you're putting the invaders on and not an immediately pressing threat, it's sometimes easy to miss how powerful a bonus fear can truly be. So the spirits who have a lot of their power budget pushed in that direction tend to get a bit overlooked. Every bit of bonus fear is phantom cities and towns that you didn't need to kill to Mm. push that victory closer. And the energy to fear conversion of bonus fear is so amazingly worthwhile. That's a good point where sometimes it's expensive to blow up a city, but for mist to generate two fear, which is the same amount of blowing up a city, Mm -hmm. is so much cheaper and easier to obtain. I remember the first game we had after Jagged Earth came in and we were playing with all the new spirits. You were Starlight. Mm -hmm. Laura was Star. My brother was Many Minds and I was Mist. I remember in my first game with Mist, I looked up at you and I had finished off a town. I said, hey, guess what? One fear for the town, but that was the seventh fear that town generated for me. And that's (laughs) insane. And that's what everyone and we are saying is underappreciated. Seriously, seven fear for one town? Sure, it took a few turns. Multiple turns to get that. But still, like, wow, that was amazing, the exchange rate. But I love the idea of the Phantom City thing. Have you ever done a thing in life or had a fork in the road where you had to choose one thing or another? And some people went and did one and you did the other. And then you saw the results of it and you saw what they had to deal with yeah. and how your choice was so much better. You're like, wow, I'm so glad I'm living a life where I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you end up in the same point, but yours was just easier right. to get to. So look at all these teams with all their powerful attackers are shredding everything. Uh, yeah, the invader deck's going to run out in two cards and we're about to clinch our tier three victory. Oh, we already won. Boy, I'm glad I don't have to live that reality. I'm glad I'm in <laughs> <Exactly>. this one. <laughs> but they're not as flashy. They're not pulling. Right. Consuming Void yep. or Talons of Lightning yep. or these briny deep cards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you don't have to use them. You don't have to pay nine energy to get all this fear. It reminds me of those fighting games, like those arcade fighting games where if you defeat an opponent with a heavy attack, which is slow and hard hitting, yeah. you'll do a flashy execution on the bad guy. Yeah. Whereas if you do light attacks, which are like simple punches, you'll still win, but the bad guy just goes... Eh, and just goes, and that's not a cool cutscene or whatever. It's not a cool cutscene or anything. <laughs> or it's not flashy. But the light fast attacks are easier to land, and they get you technically more success, statistically speaking. That's a good point. Even in Smash Bros, I'm thinking, if you just keep building up damage, they are easier to kill. Right. If you're doing a charged smash attack, yeah, it does more damage, but you have to wind up for it. Right. It takes time. It, it takes, takes effort. Time. It takes considerable more skill and fortunate happenstance and luck to get those things to work half the time, even if they be more satisfying. So that is what fear can do for you. Yes. And the defense for it. I think we should get what into... What can th- fear do for you? What can it do for me? I think we should get into the spirit. So we've kind of set the table like fear is good. Mm-hmm. Earn fear. Mm-hmm. Learn your cards. Mm-hmm. Learn the gameplay. Yes. But what about the spirits? Or in other words, in essence, these are the reasons why you should take these characters as opposed to that other flashy character like Keeper yeah. or Stone or something. On Thunder Speaker. These are the reasons why. Let's get nitty-gritty in the defense of the spirits. First up, in defense of Bringer. Bringer! Speedy comes in to say, in the defense for Bringer. The big idea I tell Bringer players is that you got to win before you lose. (laughs) 
It sounds so simple, but actually... It's so true. Mm-hmm. Go on long enough to gain all the fear you need. Just defending will not be enough to win. Mm-mm. Gaining fear any way you can is the goal. Let mm-hmm. things blight and grab a fear-generating card. With Bowden, you have to use the fear card you see coming to your advantage. Think of it as a power that you will be playing. Mm -hmm. I love that analogy. This is such, as we talked on, a rare quality slash power that is in this game. Only memory and bringer can look at the fear card ahead of time. Sometimes you forget you have this. I know it's an innate, but you feel like, "Ah, I don't need to look. No, you do need to look at the next fear card and set up for it next turn. It is so beneficial, and they need any kind of help that they can get. Exactly. Exactly. So I, that should not be left on the table. Not at all. I think with Bringer, like they said, lean into the fear. This is what you are. Mm-hmm. We've talked on this. Dread Apparitions is, in my opinion, one of the most unique powers in the game. It really is. Does Seriously. any other power give you defense based off fear? I don't mm-hmm. think there is. Not as of now. And even Eric said that's so unique, and that's why foreboding was unique, because it's control based off fear. Yeah. is how much fear you can control things and push based on how much fear. Mm-hmm. This is how much defense you get from fear. Mm. So if you are are doing a hard-hitting fast power major and doing all this damage and boom you generate 10 fear in that land mm-hmm. then use that fear as defense so if there's like two cities built up there generate a bunch of fear off them and then defend right. from their terror so right. they don't even fight back stuff like that i think is just like underappreciated like oh i have all these buildings built up you have a defense card you have a gathering card with tahan they can take out your cities seriously they can do your damage for you just because you can't do damage doesn't mean nothing's leaving the board Mm. i think people just get too hung up on one thing bringer can't remove anything they must be bad at france or at england or any adversary like oh i want things to be gone Use your defense. Mm-hmm. You have a defend card that's so unique to this game. You just gave me a thought when we were talking about Dread Apparitions and fear also turns into defense. What if there was like a crazy, creepy card that did the exact opposite where it was fear that you caused turns into damage? Ooh. And it was something called like crippling dread turns to shredding realities oh. or something. Like, right, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, That'd be so cool. Like, like you actually take damage with how scared you are like I don't know like you can gather up the team be like we all just generate yeah. even if it's one fear oh, person that'd be so crazy if that four fear turns into four damage that'd and takes so out creepy. a city and explores something that'd be so scary that'd be so cool <laughs> the closest thing we have to that I would say it's probably trickster yeah puppeteering kinda. a bad guy into attacking a friend but, but that's but just still more like, like striving that right. would be so unique I like this different use of fear that mm-hmm. foreboding allows with control and then dread apparitions allows mm-hmm. with defense I think that's yeah. so unique unique and cool because there's no cap to that seriously you can just keep crazy. generating fear right. in the fast phase and that keeps turning into defense mm-hmm. so a built-up land can be completely fine and if bringer gets briny deep yo <laughs> yeah think of all destroy all invaders think of all that if that gets made a fast think of how much yeah. defense that can become and fear yeah what i liked in our previous episodes is how much actually call back to mr wolf talking how bringer yes. can go support seriously and yeah. people think that bringer's just a fear spirit no 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 Go they can af- give out elements, bro. Go after the elements. Even looking at the fear card, everyone yeah. can gain from that. Not yeah. just bringer. You can be like, oh, I have one explorer on this land. And if I know a fear card's going to remove them, then that mm-hmm. doesn't build. I can leave that. That is so utilitarian. So there is, is. You don't just need to go after big hitting majors. Thankfully, you still have avenues, just like every other spirit, to be multifaceted in some way that affects the team. Yeah. For them, it still can't be offense, but it can be utility in this case. Because getting one element sometimes is that difference. 
difference maker yep. to threshold for major yep. power or an innate or something. Yep. The major complaint I hear about Bringer is how they can't move cities. It's the mm-hmm. whole cities thing. And they, yes, because they can huge. move towns and explorers mm-hmm. with fear. And they can't get rid of them. So again, I say just look at your cards. Mm-hmm. Dreams of the Dahan, you can move Dahan. And then Dread Apparitions lets you defend. Let the Dahan fight for you. Yes. Oh my goodness. I've never seen a spirit that requires more Dahan cooperation than this spirit. I think more than it Earth. It is critical. I think it's more than Earth. Critical. Seriously. And when it comes to control spirits, one thing that I've always looked at this as is cities are a testament to every time you were too slow. Mm. Because you need to get them out of there and oh, you were too slow. They got a city. You can't touch those. Yeah. And that's like progress on the other other bad guys side of that conflict where it's like oh man i was too slow i couldn't get there and now i can't move that dude Dang i can't it. scare them away or right, whatever right so now i gotta go find some other method to deal with this problem so built into your kit you have those cards where you can defend you can move to han mm-hmm. so let them fight and let them fight let them fight for you <laughs> so listener at home play a bringer game it'll be fun i promise you generating that much mm-hmm. fear five fear from a city it's different it's different but getting those fear cards so yeah. fast you yep. will learn how to do a fear yep. trust fall with bringer just remember they are a fear control utility spirit that can also defend yes here and there and they benefit from defense but don't try to make them something they're not or they yeah. can't be so just understand that you know if you really want to do fear and offense that's really not the platform but still it's a unique platform yeah and it can work pretty well you're so right you got to understand what you're getting into with the spirit yep if you know what they are good at and what you can lean into then it's going to be a fun game mm. all right in the defense for shadows just use an aspect in the defense of mist <laughs> all right fine <laughs> fine <laughs> no we're not bashing any spirits this, <laughs> this episode Aspects do help. I will yes. say that. Okay. Yeah. I've stated before, and I like how you called me out on it. They're like, well, they're... <laughs> their starting hand is very strong with getting you eight fear. Yeah, I can. It's Seriously. very strong. Mm-hmm. I had to qualify because other spirits can earn more fear, quote unquote. Yeah. But just their starting hand, eight fear, is nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. I hear a lot of complaints about base and how they're so weak. I'm just going to do a quick breakdown. Mm-hmm. Real quick. At game start, you have shadows, and you're looking at the growth option. Just do growth option three because you need that three energy because you start Mm -hmm. with none. Place a presence range three away. That's huge. Three range is nothing to sneeze at. No, three range is above average. Grow where they sent someone out and explore. Pull the presence from your car place. So then now you can play two. So you play Mantle of Dread and Favors Called Dew. Mantle mm-hmm. of Dread will be played on yourself in the slow. And you can push where that explorer built up a town. I'm liking that card more and more. It's so good. So you can know where they're going. Grow there and target yourself. Yep. Favors Called Dew. Ryan, how many times did I play this card? Oh, my word. Does outnumber <laughs> them in the other land gather four to han in a built-up land so this land will probably blight in the next turn but you can protect them and mm. they wipe one blight if it's taking out a city a town explore worth it worth it worth it so you got to use concealing shadows in turn two but after that kind of grow as you wish but i think you got to use grow three and you got to try and grow where they're going because then you can push with mantle address right so i think that is for the base and then you can really kind of make shadows what you want you can go top track and go after mm. energy because you can gain a new power card in growth too yeah and you can build your hand you don't have to reclaim or you can go bottom track and lean in 
that innate and take out explorers and eventually take out cities yeah. with that three damage. So I think it can work against top adversaries. Mm. I've done it with two player games because mm. I'm not a true solo player. I know it's probably difficult true solo, but mm. you can make shadows work. But then obviously the aspects just help out a ton. Foreboding Volume. makes shadows an insane controller mm. with extra fear to generate. Mm-hmm. Amorphous, it's like a dancing ballerina. You can move. I love it's Amorphous. so mobile. I like Amorphous because it makes range legalities basically an afterthought. Range zero? Who cares? Yeah. You can yep. go wherever you want yep. or adjacent or wherever the Dahan mm-hmm. are. I am starting to like Madness more because you can really lean into the top track. Mm. Because if you're defending a land, then you don't have to worry about playing a card to defend the land. If you're placing a Strife to defend against that town, then you don't need three card plays or to play a defend card. Right. So then you can lean into that top track and become a Major's build, and you're still placing Strife to defend to stop the Blight, allowing you time to grow mm. and gain Majors. I think three energy a turn and three card plays is just like the sweet spot. That's what yeah. I've noticed. Yeah, and that's that- three and three the three and three yes we've joked it is hard to reach that top level innate Mm -hmm. but if you don't make that a goal it's totally fine it's totally Mm -hmm. playable three energy each turn is nothing to sneeze at yeah especially with growth three you can get three on top of that making it six yeah and then you can play majors so i think we can't forget the control in the fast phase especially with foreboding that is huge that is Mm -hmm. not weak just don't let invaders build up if you're moving those explorers then they don't have to build then you don't have to worry about being overrun right and then the ones that do move the dahan with favorites called do and then put a force field around them right so they don't die yes it's not defending the land but honestly one blight is worth total destruction seriously and that seems so strange because you're like but i'm gonna blight i'm blighting like i know but there's give to that take four to han can take out two cities yeah there's a lot of blight removal cards oh yeah there's tons in the Mm -hmm. deck so yes, Shadows is not an obvious S-tier power spirit, but I like their flexibility to kind of wait and decide right. the path that yeah. they choose. They are very fear-focused in the beginning, but they can branch out from that. They can still do damage, mm-hmm. unlike a bringer. They can be supportive if they pick the right cards. They can be super control. Each aspect changes them as well. Majorly. Majorly. Hey. hey. So right. it's... Third dad joke of the one. <laughs> Keep them coming. Third time's a charm. <laughs> so yeah, you can either be like a supporting control spirit or a heavy heating major spirit. And you can mm-hmm. make that choice throughout the game. And each game, you can have a different version of shadows. Mm-hmm. And that base set of unique cards are still powerful. Crops wither. That can win a game. Just Seriously. breaking down a city. Terra level three. That's huge. There goes all your cities. No, for real, that is huge. Huge. All that fear. And your innate can also hold the bad guys back. So maybe there's just like one city here, but the rest are gone because the explorer got out of there. And if you're madness, you can go and strife that one city. So you're clear. So you don't play. So you're good. So you're safe. You can worry about other things for the time being. So their strength is in that fast phase manipulation and all that fear where you will have quick games because you're generating so much fear and nothing's building up. Right. And we talked on how strong keeping Dahan are alive because events and fear cards utilize them. Concealing mm-hmm. Shadows protects Dahan. So it that's does. huge where you can use them, move your army with Favors Called Dew, and then that for Dahan maybe grants you defend based on mm-hmm. a fear card or an event or something. It's one of the reasons why Memory actually reminds me of both Bowden and Shadows because Memory has a card that lets them keep Dahan alive yeah. with Share Secrets of Survival, but they also have Study the Invader's Fears, which allows allows you to look at the fear card that's coming up and in that way they remind me of ringer <laughs> yeah and memory was almost a low tier spirit they uh, started their development as a low complexity spirit yeah they were low complexity at yep. one point so i kind of see it as well yeah anyway that was shadows 
Play them. They're good. <laughs> Even though we've made like 1,500 jokes. Them. <laughs> but that's I, what they are, jokes. They're just jokes, and I've matured. <laughs> I see their... I think, Ryan, you've helped me see the fear gameplay style better and also a defense for Shadows. So mm. thank you. Because mm. you have always liked Shadows and playing them. I've like re-looked at them, and it has been really fun to play them again. Mm. So thanks. In defense of Shroud of Silent Mist. So Ray comes in with some thoughts. Oh, boy. (laughs) I got some words. Oh, boy. We both got some words. Here comes the hands. Shroud is one of those spirits that just works better with a team. The spirit's job is entirely mitigation and calculated risk until you Mm. are able to unlock, which can be as early as turn four. Mm -hmm. Here are some of the positives. Late game, fear, and damage carry. Not as much as many mines or bringer, but just like Fang, similar fear gain, less damage until the late game. When Shroud is online, things just melt. Mm-hmm. Very, Seriously. yeah, and just says very thematic feel with great mobility. Mm-hmm. Things to watch out for. Almost begs for early support to set up for success. Even just one little trickle of energy, an extra card, or anything really early goes an extra mile with Shroud. Also need to maintain Blight with Calculated Risk. Mentioned mm-hmm. a lot of those above, but there are a lot of Dahan trade-offs with Shroud. Tips. Mm-hmm. Try a different build path to see what suits your style. For the Double Fear Duo, I love Shroud with many minds. It's insane. They provide amazing support with Boon of Swarming Bedevilment that really allows you to grow fast with lots of potential defense. That card, by the way, lets your presence become mm. Defend 1 so you can obviously stack it with and Shroud. And has that already with yeah. Murder Paul. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, Rivers, obviously great since Boon Vigor is overpowered. <laughs> and summon Beefy with Bits and Peace of Support. Yep, very true. Very true. Good thoughts there, Ray. I can agree with much of the sentimentality I see vocalized here by Ray. Okay. Mist benefits dramatically from even the smallest amounts of assistance, even from something as seemingly small as one single energy gain. So just from one energy can make a huge difference. It can make a huge difference. Mist's early game is incredibly sensitive. Mm. I'd even say it's one of, if not the most sensitive early games in the entire roster of characters. The decisions the player makes in Mist's early game will make them behave so much differently than any other spirit if your mentality is one of, eh, let's just try this and see what happens. (laughs) You gotta be calculated to the frickin' letter. Mist has zero wiggle room. I didn't say little, I said zero. Ooh. You gotta know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. To get the powerful results that Mist can achieve, as even the smallest deviation from the plan will yield dramatically different results than what your game plan predicted. And by the way, that's not a bad thing. It's mm. just doing this will mean that you can do that on turn one. But doing this growth option will mean that you will be triggering three abilities instead of four. But if you did this, then you're going to blight earlier, but you're also going to get a level two swirling haze over here. Like every time there's a thing, it yields you an entirely different set of capabilities. This is what scares me about this, right? It is so technical and intricate. Incredibly. It scares me as a player. Yeah. It's not impossible. Okay. But whereas other spirits may begin the game by balancing on a tightrope that is three inches wide, Mist is balancing on a tightrope that is one centimeter wide. Make even the small 
smallest, most microscopic movement in the wrong way, and you'll probably have issues. That is why the assistance from other spirits is insanely impactful. Because the moment someone gives you the smallest assistance, that type rope goes from a width of one centimeter to about a foot. Whoa. So you still got to be careful, but you now have a lot more room for error mm. and room for forgiveness yes. within your very specific early gameplay style. This can be a jarring contrast to many players who are accustomed to more forgiving characters. Players may not even be aware of how sensitive Mist's early game can be. I believe that those who view Mist in a negative light, drawing the conclusion that they are a subpar spirit, are players who didn't know, understand, or accept how fine-tuned this spirit is at the start. So that's me. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> I, I struggled with Mist. And yeah. I was just like, why can't I make this work? work. It must be the spirit spirit's fault right you know it's like this spirit must be designed they're poorly designed but then i would see you play mist however (laughs) why even bother putting up with a spirit that is so sensitive yeah so unforgiving so difficult to make work when there are so many other spirits who are a breeze to pilot well simply put Shroud of Silent Mist can easily be one of the most overwhelmingly dominant and cataclysmically deadly spirits in the game. Yes. We are talking about a character whose power level is so sensitive that with even just a few elements, one additional card play, some energy, or a repeat can go from disappointingly underwhelming to outrageously overpowered. It's important for the player, though, to find a way to get there instead of being that powerful from the start. Mm. By the late game, and even during the mid game, if your luck has been good, Mist can look at any place, anywhere, get to it, kill everyone who is there, be immune to the threat of blight that may arise, all by using zero and one costing cards. That is an insane sentence <laughs> where you can just be like, oh yeah, I can be here. I oh yeah, I can dead. go anywhere. I can reclaim and one. And I'm gone. And, right. And I'm gone. <sighs> Oh, and I was immune. (laughs) And I'm just, and I just evaporate away. Seriously, this is a character that can grab any land targeting power and use it for movement. The only one who can do that. Seriously, you have unparalleled mobility. Mm. Easily the best in the game. Yeah. Whether by smart playing with your special rules or by receiving a friend's help, you can become an absolute wrecking ball of damage and dread that vaporizes the invaders like the angel of death. Most people would rather rely on a friend's help as that is more straightforward, and I think that's entirely fair, as opposed to trying to learn the intricacies of how to make them work. By it's just themselves. easier to be like, I just need a support spirit. Yeah. I'm not going to go into the analysis or strategies for this spirit here, as we've done some of that already in past episodes, and also because that's not what this episode is about. But it's true that Mist benefits from a thinky and calculated approach, one that weighs risks and measures both the give and the take. Thankfully, during your mid-game and late-game, assuredly, your wiggle room expands exponentially. But managing all of their various capabilities well will leave you with the best mobile spirit that combines surprisingly well with many other characters who who can shoulder an entire team's offense and fear responsibilities and win you the game. It may be hard to see how what I just described is attainable from looking at their player board and starting hand, but it's possible. It may be hard... But it's worth it. Yes. And it is, oh, so much fun. (laughs) I instantly think of our Sweden game where I was generating no fear and no offense. I was just like, I'm moving things around, buddy. I'm finder. Pass on scene. And with absolutely 
horrendous card draws. You were getting nothing. Just using my starting hand only. All right, dissolving vapors. Let's go. <laughs> Won us the game. Suffocating trout. What let's was the go. tally? 80 some fear? 82. This is like you are shouldering yep. everything. Yep. And just with my starting hand and power storm, yeah. cleared a land with 17 buildings and however many explorers were there. It's insane. Yeah, I think it's scary. And also the adjacency in the movement is also kind of scary. Yeah. Like, how, where do I go? When do I go? Right. Should I be here? Right. Do I leave? It's a lot to look at. Like you said, looking at their player board, it's just like, uh, that yeah, mobility yeah, yeah. is so powerful. It is. Because once you have energy, once you have the capability to play big cards, and you realize that nothing can restrict you. Nothing. I can go on mountains. I can go on wetlands. I can go on sands. I can Such go on blighted lands. I can go on clear lands. I, I pick up cards. I'm like, ooh, jungle hungers. Oh, no, I have no presence in a jungle. I can't play jungle hungers. There you go. <laughs> Something as little as that just speaks to the power of the spirit right. where you can make any power right. card work. The Matrix dodge. You're immune to damage. I'm not even talking about flowing in silent form start by. I'm talking about play a fast power. <laughs> then play a slow power. <laughs> Get out. Get in. Just you can't lose presence of blight. It's so unless you're easy. a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you are driving the spirit well, mm -hmm. you are right. You will completely, utterly never lose presence to blight. Never underestimate the power of dealing one damage to each invader, especially when you can save damage. Yes. You can keep people from healing. The only spirit in the game to do that. Mm -hmm. And then other spirits have one damage to all invader powers. Right. So you can gang up on invaders. Those become incredibly more valuable once you realize that you can save the damage. Oh, a raging storm. Now that three energy is worth mm -hmm. to do one damage to each invader. And not only is it valuable to you, it's valuable to anyone yeah. who's around helping you. You've heard us talk about wildfire doing a lot of damage when they grow, but just not enough to actually go and finish them off. Well, right. after the damage was dealt, I'll go in there and hold on to it for you. Green being able to do creepers tearing the mortar. Ha! It yeah, goes one damage. Buildings, though. Oh. oh. oh crap. <laughs> Don't buildings heal? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, well, there's no point me even using this ability. I've had that. I've yeah. had games where I'm like, oh, I got to the first tier of Creepy's Turn to Mortar. Yay! One damage! And time passes. Oh. <laughs> it's a little like, well, that was a waste. Right. Here, though, you can hold on to it. Yeah. So all low damage becomes, well, honestly, pretty much it equates to as if you had Flame's Fury cast on you. Yeah. But it just works a little bit differently. Just uses time as your weapon. Any damage dealing power becomes amplified with mists in the game. Significantly. Yeah. Yep. And we've talked on Bringer and Miss. Mm -hmm. If cities are down to one health and Bringer can kids keep destroying quote-unquote yes, cities. needing to do one. For five fear. And oh, by the way, Miss is keeping everything else oh, yeah. at bay and the doing its damage. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Miss is incredibly yeah. strong. And like I said, it's important for them to be a spirit that appears underpowered as opposed to bounce because right. once you see how close they are to going outrageously OP with just the smallest yeah. change in a number. Oh, one more energy here. One more card play there. You go from underwhelming to outrageously overpowered. overpowered and we just won the game. Which is why it's good for their standard self to be underpowered. Because we don't want a spirit that's just ridiculously OP. Because that's mm -hmm. not fun. You got to earn it. That's when it's fun. What we're arguing is this spirit is usable and mm -hmm. can take on top level adversaries. Yeah. yeah. Totally fine yeah. on its own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the angel of death. I love that. <laughs> love that. In the defense for fangs. Wait, do you like sharp fangs? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ah, fangs. What a wonderful beast of a character. Yeah. <laughs> 
Much in line with Shroud of Silent Mist, Fangs can start the game with high mobility and consistent attacks right out the gate. But unlike Mist, can then transition into pretty much anything. Yes. Seriously though, look at the summary of powers for Mist and Fangs and hold them side by side. Nope, seriously. Pause it. Do it. They're practically identical. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for looking. Oh, I love Flank's flexibility and their capability to go for majors as well as a minor power spam just fine if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Want to go for fear? Go for it. Blight removal? Sure thing. By themselves, they can kill so many bad guys without any assistance and handle so many lands. It's great. The ceiling for Fangs is much different than the ceiling for, oh, so many other spirits. The flexibility in the build is one of the top spirit, I think, for just being whatever you want it to be. Yes. Even though it isn't as somewhat as customizable as Memory or Starlight. I don't know. It's not like a Starlight because that is the build your own. you have a ridiculously good platform. Yes. You have two growth options that can go into any kind of sort of flex ability. You still have your elements on your tracks that allows your innates to happen pretty much all the time anyway. Yeah. But then you have a coveted high card play and reclaim to... What? Two? Yeah, it's insane. Keeping in line with the theme of this episode, I will refrain from going too heavy into giving strategies or going through every single one of their powers or special rules, but rather focus on defending them from the accusations I've heard thrown mm. against them in the past. If you want to hear some really good thoughts analysis, I would say listen to our France episode part one, and people have responded well to like, oh, I listened to that and now mm-hmm. I'm playing things again. Oh, they're actually like a strong spirit. Did you look at my script? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, did you, <laughs> did you say that? <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> but you are correct. Fangs is infamous for two things from what I've seen. Their blight restrictions mm. and their low damage. Quote unquote. Right. I've also seen a few arguments for them not generating enough fear to be considered a fear spirit, but I disagree with such bogus notions. <laughs> As for their low damage, it is true that Fangs can focus on major powers with their top track and fourth growth option, allowing the player the capability to find a damaging major and use it to decent effect. That right there, that is so cool. So say a base lightning, you cannot become a major power spirit. Not really. You don't have that option, unless you're totally focused on top track, and that's just not what you right, are. Right, that takes a lot of time to grow up to that point, so it's and not, you don't have a good reclaim cycle. It's them. not feasible, I'll say. Right. It's amazing how... With friends, a little bit more so. Sure. But it's amazing what fangs can become. Yeah. Right. So the thing is, is, people may be aware of that, but the implication is, oh, if you want damage, you have to do that one thing. Exactly. So sure, you can do majors, but if you want damage, you have to do that. Uh, this isn't the only way that Fangs can have access to high damage. Mm-mm. By using just your starting hand, you can spam beast tokens as much as you can out the wazoo and go for a bottom track with a minor power spam. Although it's a bit more risky of a playstyle, it allows Fangs to still spam many miners, so you can do whatever you want with those miners, mm-hmm. and still have access to high damage each turn with both innates, while also getting your incredible reclaim one or two from your car plays track to keep those attacks coming every single turn turn. Yes. Combined with the flexibility of those multiple growth options we mentioned, those card reclaims and good elements from your track bonuses, Fangs has a platform to be one of the most damaging skirmishers in the game that is capable of pretty much anything the player wants them to do or be. In our all-stars list, they made the top five. Seriously? As offensive spirits. Yep. In my Fangs games, I regularly am doing five to eight damage attacks every single turn with the combination of ranging hunt and frenzied assault, all while still preventing builds, and causing good fear with my other cards. You've heard my opinions during our France analysis on the aggressive Fangs playstyle, and it's the one that I prefer. It yields the most success for me personally, and I'd encourage you to give it a try sometime if you haven't already. 
But all of this to say that the consistency of good damage that they can get every single turn is more than enough for them to be considered a high damage character in my mind, whether you go for minor powers or majors. And as you were saying, those minor powers kind of get thrown under the rug. Those five minor powers can do so much. So much. Whenever you pick up, like you said, you can be blank right. removal. You can be a fear spear. You right. can be control. Right. You play one or two to get your innate. That's all you need. There you because go. your tracks. Tracks are amazing. And those other two or three can be whatever. Whatever. Yeah. As and long you as you can spam those with yeah. your reclaim. Want to so transition strong. into defense? That's fine. fine. Works great for the Dahan you might have accidentally around because you can shove them around with terrifying chase. There you go. So. <laughs> As for the blight restrictions, it is true that Ranging Hunt and Teeth Gleam from Darkness are both powers that cannot go in a blighted land. True. But your special rules, growth options, and the second half of Ranging Hunt can. Ah. In essence, you have tools at your disposal to either get into a blighted land and use Frenzied Assault, or push a beast into a blighted land with the end of Ranging Hunt, grow into that land during the spirit phase of the following turn, because you now have a beast there, and then terrifying chase the bad guys out of there and shove them into a land that has no blight. There you go. That is the, the number one thing to do. The <laughs> starting hand yes. loophole of getting around blight. Yep. Or you can just go diving through the minor power deck and find any decent blight removal card for your situation and use your great mobility and great card reclaim to use that blight removal card consistently and effectively thus nullifying your blight inadequacies. I've noticed with blight removal cards, a lot of them either have plant or animal on it. Yeah. I would say a good it chunk. It synergizes very well. It does. I really honestly have little or no blight problems when playing with fangs usually. Since preventing builds and fast damage pull a lot of weight in preventing, oh, so many bad guy actions during the game. You're doing so much in the fast phase, yeah. and that is what won us France. Right, you can stop explorers in the fact that, yes, an explorer action happened, but you can kill the explorer that just spawned because yep. two near the jungle ate them. So that guy's not going to build. But then you can prevent a build that's happening elsewhere because you have Prey and the Builders. Prey and the Builders is so strong. It's so great. It's a strong card. It's so nice. Fangs can stop builds. They can do heavy damage each turn, cause a ton of fear, and can play a plethora of minors or even majors if you want to. Similar to Mist, this power level of theirs is achieved through thoughtful planning and critical thinking, and much in the same way, to those who are willing to figure out this spirit's capabilities, you will be rewarded with an incredibly satisfying experience of pure invader pulverizing pleasure. It's just so fun. Yeah, it is. Like, honestly, Sharp Fangs, having seen you play them, I've been trying to play them more, and they're out on the Steam version now. Yeah. They are a fun spirit. They are. They really are. You are just doing so much, like you gallivanting across the countryside. And just don't forget to switch your presence out for beast tokens. Yep. That cannot be ignored. It's I, not so bad. I think that's one easy mistake players just forget to do. Like, oh yep. yeah, I forgot I could do that in mm -hmm. the growth phase. Like, no, no, mm -hmm. no. That is your ammo. Seriously. <laughs> that's your damage. Yes. Don't forget to do that. Right. It's so easy. Ray even talks about that. Ray said, I think Fangs is one of the strongest early and late game fear spirits to mm -hmm. have in your game. Whoa. For so real? So you're strong in the early game. Yeah. But also in late game. Three characters get fear for killing explorers, for example. This okay. is one of them. Yeah. Lore and Shadows are the other. Three out of 24. That's insane. All game long? How many spirits have build prevention? Like literally yeah. have a card that prevents builds? Seriously. Not many. 
They continue to say, they specialize in completely annihilating one board and pushing your mm. game to fear victory with little to no support. Mm-hmm. That is so true. I've seen you play. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing my own thing. Like, do you need a fast <laughs> car play or one energy? You're like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm I mean, okay. every now and then I might benefit I mean, from one, but. No one's going to, like, bat the hand away, yeah. but it's just like, you are just so mobile and. Yeah, very self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Where other fear spirits may have to rely on events plus fear cards for additional support, Fangs receives that support as a freebie on top of their base potential. <laughs> mm-hmm. The double growth option is very strong because it allows for such flexible builds. Ryan, you said mm-hmm. that. You can go any build, top, bottom, or even mixed, mm-hmm. and end up crazy strong. For example, a pure top track can get one new major per turn, plus one energy, plus three energy, and plus four energy from track, leading to eight energy per turn. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize that, Ryan. Just like how much energy they can get. They have a good spike. They do have a good spike. Plus eight energy. three energy for their energy yeah. spiking action. And with just one plant plus one animal, you can get your first innate off. Mm-hmm. Just to move the beast so it's around. It's so easy to trigger Ranging Hunt. That's pretty crazy. And I probably don't even need to mention how good bottom track is with two... <laughs> they just kept typing two. Yes. It was like amplified two reclaims. Yes. Two. Two. Only three people in the game get that. Insane. Lure again, serpent, and... Yeah, but lure is hard to get because you had to... Lure takes forever to get. You had to do both yes. tracks to get. And serpent takes forever to get. Because serpent is slow. Fangs will get that the fastest. Fangs easily. is the best at getting this, I mm-hmm. think. One of the best utilities to ever have on a card play track yep. is Reclaim 1. Yep. Wow, yep. that's Mist a big statement. Has it. River has it. <laughs> it's, mm. River's like grounding glory. Mm. With the addition of Jagged Earth, the cards introduced are very much catered towards Fang's strengths and there now a have lot. a lot more capabilities to deal with Blighted Lands. What is that one you brought up with Eric Royce and trap the forces of corruption. I love. Is I that the love. one you can like gather the yes. blight or something, and then you can find it in a land, and the blight there won't cascade. Wow, it's cool. and isn't like perfect for elements and everything. It's perfect, and it has fangs on the artwork. So hey, that works out. Fangs has one of the best utilities in the game to stop all builds in a mm-hmm. land. I didn't realize that it's all builds. Oh yeah, it's not just like one. They don't build. Just simply put, they don't So, build. this includes the multi-high immigration and escalation from England, which people think is bad, because they can't deal enough fast damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's like a side like eye. Like I said before, if your character has prevention, prevention carries serious weight into the high difficulty. I've been open to this, too. It makes them just a higher tier type of spirit. Yeah. If you have prevention. Mm-hmm. Major synergy with Fangs completely breaks the game. Getting the right majors, mm-hmm. Power Storm, Unleash a Torrent, Tigers hunting, hunting Angry bears, bears, yep, even Sea Monsters, instantly mm-hmm. clears boards. It really can. Seriously. I'm talking turn four, England six victories, while other players are sitting there with 10 plus buildings. Remember when we were talking about characters that get certain cards and it's like, GG. <laughs> yep, those are the ones that those cards? Fangs gets. Yeah, Tigers hunting especially, because that's basically just ranging hunting again like, <laughs> and again and Let's again do it four times like. <laughs> when it comes to level six adversaries fangs and wildfire possess the potential to clear their boards faster than any other spirits but they're a fear spirit john i know this <laughs> this is high claim from a player who plays this game extensively with fear-based spirits with beast token using spirits yes they are saying Fangs is one of the best spirits to bring against level 6 adversaries. Mm-hmm. And I consistently see Fangs yep. as a B tier or C tier in tier lists. Mm-hmm. I think people, again, need to reevaluate this spirit. Things to watch out for with Sharp Fangs. 
Sharp Fangs appears very noob-friendly, quote-unquote, but playing them can be very mechanically hard. Mm -hmm. This is a very, very fine line of manipulation plus sacrifice you have to think about every single turn for beast Mm -hmm. movements and how to execute your cards. Doing it wrong can be extremely detrimental. Of course, the repercussions are only severe with the higher difficulty in your face. Remember how we were talking about coordinating with Thunderspeaker? Yeah. How hard that is? It is. Thankfully, Sharp Fanged, though, beasts don't die unless you allow it so or an event or Russia does it. So That's one out of seven adversaries. They don't die, basically. But that's helpful. Helpful to know that your army doesn't die unless it's on your turn. Thunderspeaker, they can get wiped out. Yep. They're quote-unquote easy-to-play, hard-to-master. I see a lot of players trying out Fangs, even in their 10th game, saying, wow, I never even read that you could sacrifice your own presence for beast growth. (laughs) What? How? 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 Please read. Everyone at home, please please read your special powers. Yes. Thoroughly. Just like with Mist, this character has, like, no damage. Yes, because you can save it. I have no energy. Yes, because you have to milk people and grab power cards and run a fire. There's other ways to do it. (laughs) It's almost as if there's, like, critical parts about their gameplay that you're not considering. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. This feature is what amplifies the spirit's core strengths. <laughs> this gets very risky when the island is starting to go blighted. And Ryan, you talked about it in a France oh, yeah. episode. Yeah, you know, yeah. throw a fourth out there if you need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just pray for no tipping point. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> it's only one card. Not amazing at cross-board support. You'll be able to do support builds with minor tracks, but there is a lot to focus on when it comes to just handling your own stuff. Mm-hmm. You can sling five mirrors at a time, like Keeper. I mean, literally only a few spirits mm-hmm. can do that. And you are very, very specialized in what you you do on your board. Yeah, you're definitely a range zero aficionado. Wildfire and Mist are like that too. But I see that point, and you are definitely focused on one type of thing. But even at game start, you can go to any beast yeah. Yeah. in yep. the island. Yep. So yeah, you can focus on your own yeah. board, but even in our France game, you yeeted mm-hmm. yourself over to me and <laughs> helped did. me out. Across the board. Across yeah. the board. Just ran across it, yeah. You just helped me out. Many Minds has significantly more things to keep track of than Fangs. Yeah. Last tip from Ray. Highly recommended tryout fangs in both ways, top track or bottom track, if you haven't tried one way or the other. And go for that major on turn three when you unlock that two energy. You may be surprised on what you can do. Mm-hmm. Make sure your blighted land is jungles or have a beast there, like Ryan mm-hmm. said. You'll need to grab cards and prepare for the imminent blighted land attacks and terrifying chase is amazing for it. Yep, terrifying it chase, there it is. There it is. I'm telling you, that card should not be slept on. That is critical to your gameplay as Fangs. I think Fangs is the most slept on spirit in Spirit Island. Really? Yeah. I can see it. I think... I No, seriously, I can see it. I think one of the most powerful that people don't even realize. Mm-hmm. And people are like, Blighted Lands, you gotta nerf this, or we need to change. Yeah. I think nah, Fangs... I think you're good. I think Fangs... Nah, I don't know. I don't want to go there. I don't know. I, I would s- prefer Fangs to Keeper. I'll say that. Oh, same. Easy. I see a lot of people's grudges with Fangs, and they would prefer that they just simply did things in a different way. So Keeper is like, easier. I've heard people say, I wish Fangs was able to get beasts out there more often. Well, you can get them out there just fine. Every it's just not growth. in a way that you probably wanted them to. I, I just wanted them to do more damage. Well, they can. But I'm guessing you probably wanted them to just simply do it in a different way. You know what I mean? Uh, so you are trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole. Maybe. Uh, they, have like, they have a preference that they wanted it to be, which is fair. I mean, what was that one quote? There are a few things less damaging in this life than unmet expectations. Yeah. So they expected it to be different. Mm-hmm. But hey, we love these spirits for who they are, yes. not for who I wanted them to be. We're not trying to manipulate them. Yeah. And what's cool about Fangs is, as you and Ray have talked about, they can go into different builds. Seriously. And yep. you are 
constantly triggering that innate with the elements on your track. Mm-hmm. And there's so much synergy within the major and minor deck yep. with plants and animal elements. I don't know. I like what they said. They're easy to play, but hard to master. So maybe that's why people are yep. not thrilled with fangs at times. Just like with what Ray said, I think it's important to learn who they are before you can learn who they can be. Okay. So then once you understand what they're capable of, you can figure out, oh, that's how I can do it and yeah. whatnot. But look at their special Oh, man. man. Come on. (laughs) Please read read what they can do. In defense of many minds. Many minds moves one. So we've actually, and you've talked on this, seen this spear be played a lot. Mm. Because we've both played it multiple, many times. My brother loves many Your brother, Laura, it's one of her mains. Yeah. So it's one of like my most watched spirits, oddly enough, at yes, times it feels yes. like it. And it's crazy. It's almost sneaky good how much fear this spirit can churn out. You, mm. I always get surprised by it. Yes, most of that fear comes from the right innate when you're generating fear and defense, but a good chunk can come from cards and also events slash Beast Command. Yeah. Honestly, Ryan, I'm liking Beast Command more and more. I really do. Yes. Two times a game, mine's able to use all of their scattered beast tokens to generate one fear or damage or or move them around. Right. That can escalate and stack insanely. By stage three, honestly, you should have like double digit fear rolling in. Because your sacred sites, that's yeah. also beasts. There's yeah. so much beasts. And obviously we've talked on and Ray yeah, spoke on the events and how many beast events there are mm-hmm. and what they can do for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing with events or even without events with Beast Command, Mines is really strong with that mm-hmm. fear. 60% of them. 60%. More than half. That is insane. That's a good coin flip in my mind. Mm-hmm. What makes Mines work from what I've seen and also have played is that you are potentially the best at stalling out the invaders to get a fear victory. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best in the game than any other spirit. Seriously. You have the control card to mitigate the invaders mm-hmm. for building up too much one spot. You have that constant defense being triggered with your innate. Yep. You clearly have great fear from innate and cards and you have Ryan's favorite thing. Prevention. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) If ever a land gets too bad with double blight or too many builds, whatever, you have a card that prevents actions. Yeah. Not just a build or an explorer. Any of them. Just whatever you want. That's huge. That's huge. Also, you have utility. You can make other spirits defensive. Ray Mm -hmm. talked on that with boons of swarming bedevilment. Mm -hmm. In case their lands get overrun, you just stall, stall, stall. Keep raking in the fear. Have events or beast command. Do your bidding. Let Mm -hmm. the Dahan fight for you. Many minds games are typically, honestly, the fastest games I've played because of how fast you get to a fear victory. Remember what I said the other time? I forget how many numbers there are now but the amount of games that i've had that were a fear victory pre-jagged earth yeah was like three post jagged earth it's like now 14 15 16 and two or three of those did not have many minds as a part of the. that's <laughs> insane i think every game i played with many minds has been a fear victory yeah they just rake in the fear and yes they're not good at damage so terror level three is difficult because there might be buildings left yeah. on the board mm-hmm. but use your dahan like i was saying with bringer you have mm-hmm. good defense you have good dahan movements seriously set up for counter attacks and even if you don't this is the struggle for earth sometimes you have defense and you're good at stalling but you have no fear mines has that fear coming in so you are stalling but also you're getting faster to that fear victory that's a thought i just had what i've never had a tandem victory before jagged earth which is both a terror and a fear victory attained at the the same same time. time yeah 
I have them all the time now. <laughs> yeah, you do. We had it with our Sweden game. Yeah. With the, like, with it the happens miss. all the time. We it's had like, it with one of our Mayans games. Which game. technically happens first. Do I say it was a fear victory or do I say it was a terror victory? Well, I got the fear card before I killed the dude, so... Uh, fear victory, right? I say fear victory, but, yeah. but it was a tandem victory. I don't care. It's good news. Like I said, I really don't care. It's more about, did I win? Yes. yes. Cool. Did I win? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those are like my general thoughts. Right. And sure. I think they are a strong spirit. I know some people say S tier, <laughs> but I do think they're... they're <laughs> <laughs> I think they're extremely capable fear spirits that oh, just easily. sprint through the fear deck. Mm-hmm. Ray comes in to lend their thoughts on many minds, saying that they have ridiculous fear generation throughout yeah. event cards, too. Mm. And B's taking care of stuff all on their own with those same events. A solid wall of defense that's salient against almost any adversary. Yeah, that is almost their quote-unquote offense. For our Russia game, that's what it was. It was for me, yeah. Starting cards are extremely good, and they're low cost, which mm. enables you to be cheeky and go for majors if you want to with turns of saving energy because you kept playing low power cards or free cards. So that's an interesting point. I've actually never seen a majors build. I know we joke about lore pulled sea monster that one time, mm. but usually I do see like a minor powers. I want to try it again mm. where I save up the energy and go for a major. They can have insane amounts of control. Comes at a cost though with their resources and True. energy and beast tokens and presents and all that, but you can get a ton amount of control with this spirit. They can carry games just with fear, second to nightmare. Wow. Honestly, I would say Nightmare can carry a fear victory second to many minds. Wow, <laughs> that's a big statement. In my experience. It's just anyway. so consistent with many minds. It's so consistent. They have amazing major synergy yeah. as well. Like Sharp Fangs, right? Right. Things you got to watch out for, they are forced to rely on counterattacks for damage in the early game because they literally don't have any damage. <laughs> so Dahan can do that for you, which yep. is nice. They are pretty difficult to learn to play well. Like we said before, they are really difficult to figure out that first time because they have so many moving parts. And like we said, it's all in the fast phase yeah, or a I lot really of it. I really do not consider them a moderate spirit. It is they a are, lot of pieces to juggle because yeah, of I all that control. high complexity because yeah. that's just so much. You can get into a lot of event and fear card gambling slash understanding because there are so much good things you can get from fear cards and event cards. And it's so beneficial to you as a spirit that you're going to want to learn Mm. all those cards to make use of all these freebies. There are fear cards that utilize beast tokens and Mm -hmm. they can do damage or remove invaders. It's insane. Like we said, read your fear cards. Seriously. Beast manipulation almost every turn. Why you should one way versus another, where to exist, what will be impactful. They also have a very fast playstyle. While not technically 100% fast with every one of their seven powers, six of them are. So <laughs> they might be faster than lightning. Well, lightning can choose to That's make theirs fast. They just so feel so much yeah. front load in the fast phase. But no, they are incredibly fast. So many things mm-hmm. of theirs are fast. One problem, though, with this fast play style is that since they are so fast, that can hinder a good slow mindset if you're used to that. Oh, as a river player? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of slows. Yes, pursue with pecs and stings can easily move and explore and prevent a build. However, you can let it build to get better positioning for the next turn to stay ahead of the invaders. Then push the town into a nuke stack because you always need to use Dreadful Tide of Scurrying Flesh somewhere else so you can skip that. Smart. Mm Mm-hmm. Boon of Swarming Bedevilment targets another spirit. So in solo, it can be used on you, okay. but it's a great card that you can use in solo games. But just remember that... In a multiplayer game. Right. The amount of strength that you can get is notable because this spirit would have been above incredible if they were able to make that card any instead of another. Because then they could target themselves. Because then they can target themselves. 
They still have a lot of defense from their oh, innate. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid to go top track versus bottom track with many minds. You can handle it and have such amazing synergy with some of the best majors out there because of your beasts and your mobility of sacred sites. That's a good point. A lot of major powers need sacred sites, sites in order to work. And their quote-unquote sacred sites are beasts, so they can move them wherever. Mm-hmm. I never thought of that. I've mentioned it before in chat, but it may be good to get this into other people's heads. Getting to coasts is always amazing because of the synergy with sea monsters. If you pull it, it wins games. Hmm. So always keep the potential of that in mind. One of those GG cards you're talking about. Literally, Many Minds is the reason why that card got nerfed. <laughs> it is it the adjusted. exact reason. Yeah. It got nerfed. Not that it's weak now. It's still strong. It's still strong. It's because they now capped it. <laughs> yeah, you can only get so fear. much fear. Yeah. Coasts also get involved by destroying explorers, which is super great. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, the power is great because Sea Monsters also focuses on wetlands. Otherwise, be careful of dwelling with cities in Tahan too much because there's a very low chance for it to be negative. I have never heard this tip before and I love it now because I want to play mines, but focusing on the coast is mm. strong because, you know, you can pick off explorers so they yeah. don't build along your coast, which is always good. Mm. But if you do pull sea monsters, which is a coastal focusing yeah. power, GG. game over, man. <laughs> game over. So great advice from Ray mm. and another strong spirit. It has its limitations like all these spirits do. Uh-huh. Not crazy offensive unless you get the right events or right. fear powers, but it can be devastating if the stars align. Mm. All right, fine. What's the last one? Here we are. In defense for ocean's hungry grass. I mean, what do we have to say? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone likes it. It was number two in the fun. I know. Fun. Why do we have to defend them? <laughs> and of all the people, right, like, why are we defending this? them? I know. This is an attacker. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. We don't even like ocean. <laughs> they came in second place in our fun five. <laughs> So clearly this spirit is well-liked and appreciated, and we have spoken on a few downsides. We mm-hmm. can name two of them. Range restrictions, yep. and with high player counts, it hurts that energy income from drowning. Yep. So I think it is difficult in like five to six player games mm-hmm. when you need two cities to get one energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh, That sucks. <laughs> and when you need six health, yeah, that's tough. But other than that, obviously Ocean has the best slash easiest fear innates in the game. It caps out of four. It's really easy to trigger. It's really right. simple. And you will be able to get to four total fear quicker and more consistently than I think you expect. Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy to go bottom track mm-hmm. and just trigger all those. Or there's elements on top track too to get your elements. Mm-hmm. You have control. You can swallow up explorers. You can prevent builds. You have a great defense card giving you two fear and four defense. You got the good boon, which gives people energy. Mm-hmm. You can let them push towns into the drink. You have destroy powers, quote unquote. So extra health and buildings, unless you're Habsburg, means nothing to you. <laughs> Mostly, you have the best passive in the game. I think that's what people love. You unlock yeah. the ocean tile and it yep. becomes a dumping ground. So anyone can be an attacker now. You yep. make everyone an attacker. Yep. And speaking of team, when playing with Ocean, this isn't your typical game of like, that's your board and this is my starting board. Turn one, they could go to any coast that they want to. Any You really blend the territorial lines when Ocean is in play. You can go to any Ocean tile. Mm. It means basically that you're covering the inlands. If you're playing a two-player game, you got the inlands and they got the coast. There's no like my board, your board. So it's just something to keep in mind. But Mm. I don't think we have to talk a lot on them. They have a good fear innate. They got good cards. They got good damaging innate. Mm -hmm. Everyone listening at home pretty much knows how good Ocean is. Mm -hmm. They have constant fear coming in, either from their innates or just from people being drowned. Right. Ray had a comment on how Ocean and Bowden paired. 
If you are new to these spirits, I highly recommend playing them together, as mm. Ocean supplements Nightmare with being able to destroy stuff that gets pushed into the ocean, and Ocean can support Nightmare, though, through many card plays and Tidal Boon for energy to fuel those majors. True. While Nightmare is the strongest fear-generating spirit in the game, many will find it hard to play first because taking away all damage can be pretty abstract. But in most cases I see, Nightmare can generate upwards to 60 to 70 fear per turn in the late game. Yeah. If which, you get the right major. Right. Which completely annihilates the fear deck. True. Yeah, it just shreds it. Shreds it to bits. <laughs> Unfortunately, both require a lot of communication with the team for what you can and can't handle each turn, which can make the game take longer or be a very good thing to bond the experience. Kind of like in our Scotland game where you guys had to help me out because I just wasn't able to handle my lands as much. Yeah. I feel that same with an ocean game. There is that constant communication of just yeah. like, I can't get here. Can you get here? I'll cover your coast. I'll give you this title boom. Right. to energy you can push here and with bringer of just like i can't do damage right <laughs> <laughs> so i agree with that point with these spirits they are higher in complexity it does require either more skill or just more talking throughout the game of just like where can i help right, you plug the holes right. mm-hmm. but obviously people know ocean is good <laughs> yeah we don't have to do any heavy lifting to get that notion across <laughs> yeah people understand ocean right. all right let's wrap this up <laughs> so there you go those are the spirits that we were talking about Spirits we wanted to defend. Yeah, the ones that we wanted to change the narrative on, for sure. Or at least show light on some of the truths that are lying dormant under the surface that aren't as easily seen by all. Yeah, they're not as in-your-face strong, but their strengths underneath the surface are better. Still there. Yeah, and sometimes better than, like, a Thunderspeaker Mm -hmm. or a Keeper. You don't see the foundation of a building, and yet technically it's the most important part. (laughs) You know what I mean? Good point. I think fear spirits can seem weaker because the island might not be improving, or they're also just adding to the fear pool. Ryan, mm-hmm. you've talked about there's moving a fear token six inches downward. Right. But without them on your team, you wouldn't be getting fear cards as quickly or efficiently. Right. So and that, that means is... the terror level requirements are also harder. Yeah. So that's something you need to get. And for those larger games, you have more options for lands to target with those fear cards. So in turn, you can maximize their effect. Mm. Sure, you might not win via fear victory, but that fear generated speeds up the team towards that win condition. Yeah, that's good to remember that you might not always get get a fear victory but you got to a victory because of those fear spirits seriously we talked about familiarizing yourself with the fear deck to be aware of the various effects you might see with the event deck also but it's also good to get to know the power decks especially the minor power deck because many fear-based spirits have cards that synergize immensely in both decks with what elements they use on top of being able to typically control invaders and generate tons of fear cards to push victory conditions. We kind of comment a little bit just how much fangs and mines synergize, but a lot of these fear spirits synergize so well with these like fear cards in the minor power deck, yeah. which is what you'll be getting early game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are control, like two fear, push and explore in mm-hmm. the fast. Or here there be monsters. I love that card yeah. where it's just like two fear and push a town Yo. and like do something more if there's a beast. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of synergistic cards in both decks, but I think especially in the minor powers too yeah wrapping up we got two final quotes closing thoughts closing thoughts from azure the last tip always try to be aware of where you are relative to the next terror level this is especially crucial for the spirits aiming to primarily win through fear victory because they're just fighting their clock versus the invaders rather than worrying about keeping the island safe But it also matters in faster strategies where you want to maintain the invaders as best as you can and Mm. win with rapid blows to the remaining buildings to win in an early tier level two Mm. before they have a chance to even get a 
strong foothold. Regardless of the spirit, once mid-game hits, start counting the fear cards till terror level 3. Mm-hmm. Start putting hits on those remaining cities even before they'll win you the game by being gone. Mm-hmm. Good thoughts. Speedy's final quote is, My final word is to treat the fear deck as HP. And you, the fear monster, has to do that much damage to win the game while doing enough to not lose the game. <laughs> win before you lose. I love that. That's a good parting thought. Win before you lose. I like the fear monster analogy. Mm-hmm. You're just getting those HPs, those victory points, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. You are earning that fear to get you to a faster win condition. I feel as if for me to give a closing thought, I feel as if I can land the plane in like seven different airports. <laughs> so I'm going to choose the simplest one, the most straightforward kind of one. And that is always have at least one fear spirit on your team. Okay. If you want to do it even simpler than that, have one of each role. Three-player game. I got offense. You got defense. Uh, control, maybe. Maybe swap one of them out for fear. Or yeah, fear. do one that's multifaceted. Swap out your attacker for fangs because they're offense and fear. So, yeah. Have one fear spirit always in your game and pay attention to the difference that makes for those games. Yeah. Kind of make note to yourself of like, wow, we are finishing games faster than mm-hmm. a river and earth combo would. Never undervalue sliding a purple crossbones token on that little banker board from the top to the bottom. Because every time you do that, you're making the game just a little bit easier. Like Ted said, that just stacks in worth every time you earn more fear. My last thing, I think, make this less of a guessing game. Yes, this is a random game. You never know where they're going to go mm-hmm. and build and explore. You never know where they're going to explore next. Right. You never know what cards you're going to get in your minor major power. But knowing the decks better of fear and events can change the game, can let you focus. Like we've talked on, Ryan, we can save this land for maybe a fear card to help us out. Right. Knowing the decks better and better understanding what fear can do for you can help you win games. There you go. There you go. That was our fear episode, huh? There it is. Woo! This is a lot of inner workings behind the scenes. This mm-hmm. took a lot. I hope people appreciate it. I enjoyed it. it. Yeah, this I was fun. It. Let us know what your thoughts are. Seriously, we got comment sections. You know how to reach us, whether it be on our Facebook or Instagram or talk to us on the Discord where you can find us there at Hepsbach or at John Boy. Yeah. Reach out. Let us know your thoughts. Tell us who you've been playing more. Pick up one of these fear spirits that you haven't played that often. Yeah. Let us know how the games go. Yeah. We're running out of obstacles. England is next. <laughs> oh no. They're next week. We can't keep delaying. Yeah. Stop the build. Prevention. Yeah. Prevention. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, all. Peace out. A special thank you once again to Ted Fissinus, Speedy, Ray, and Azure for their words of wisdom and guidance. Fear spirits should not be ignored. Do not forget the impact 